guys didn't think that uh, I was going to hand it up a few remarks for me, did you? No, sure. Well, hold on one moment. This is, uh, this is obviously going to be an incredibly special and moving moment between you two. Um, uh, this is uh, to your son-in-law. I'll just back out and let you two share this moment of 25 years together. I was touching. Thank you, John. So, um, congratulations, Paul. 25 years. That is extraordinary. Really is. Under normal circumstances, I'd come down and give you a great big bear hug. And Sean, you and I would do the elbow thing. It, um, and there are people, no doubt, that are standing all over the world in appreciation of this. And we had an arena here, but people in it would be standing as well. And you've heard the chant so many, many times of Triple H, Triple H. And on this occasion, though, they probably, it would only be the front row over here just where your family comes from pay-per-views. The rest of us would be chanting, boring, boring. It's not all bad because uh, I would like in your performance, maybe to like, uh, I know, Bailey, this is your life. Remember that one? That was crickets. Was it Bailey's fault, by the way? But nonetheless, seriously, I love you. I love you. And uh, I think tonight, I love both of you, by the way. <laughs> tonight, I just want to say that your performance and you in general are truly just god awful. What a horrible way to go out. God awful. It, it's, it, pardon the expression, it sucked. I mean, I would use a word to someone near and dear. I hear it all the time from him. It was rotten. I mean, absolutely rotten. I'm ashamed of you guys. Oh, my God. And if you haven't put everybody to sleep by now, I'll say good night. And good night, Padre. Let's wrap it up, Padre. Are you throwing us out? So that apparently, ladies and gentlemen, was the closing segment of SmackDown Live this week, celebrating the 25th anniversary of Triple H. There's been news, especially coming out of this past weekend, about what what the hell is going on with Vince McMahon? So I have this article from WrestlingInc.com. Backstage talk on Vince McMahon's WWE SmackDown demeanor. This is from Mark Middleton, one of my, my favorite uh, writer in the game right now. As noted on Friday night, WWE Chairman Vince McMahon interrupted the SmackDown closing segment with WWE Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels and Triple H was, was to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the game. Vince praised his son-in-law, joked to Brown about his career, got serious for a second and how much he loves him, and even defended SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley. For the infamous This Is Your Life segment with Alexa Bliss in 2017. Vince finished his promo, apparently done from the stage for social distancing, and told DX to wrap it up as he made his exit back to gorilla position. 
The general consensus on social media was that Vince was either all over the place with a crazy rant or just being a version of Vince McMahon that was fitting for the theme of the segment. It seems like most people thought Vince was all over the place with his promo, and WrestleVotes provided some potential insight to that theory. The Twitter insider posted a screenshot of a conversation he had with an apparent WWE source where they commented on Vince's demeanor. Quote, This is what he's been like the last two weeks or so I'm seeing, the source wrote. Think of this pandemic. Mania canceled. XFL getting killed has finally got to him and he's at the fuck it part of it all. Screw it, Vince. Could be wild. End quote. It's no secret that the WWE CEO has been dealing with some trying times brought on by the coronavirus pandemic. WWE has had to modify their entire schedule and canceled WrestleMania 36 plans. The XFL has folded. He's been sued by former by the former XFL CEO and commissioner and more. Of course, they're talking about, you know, you can click on the recent report on uh, Vince being the subject of a running joke. And, of course, the um, folding of the XFL with his response to Lux's lawsuit. Despite the stories going around, Vince seemed to be all business as usual during Thursday's Q1 2020 investors call. He praised the WWE talents and talked about how proud he is of them, but also blamed the drop in Raw ratings to new talents. And the biggest thing, the biggest one, Vince McMahon said that WWE Raw ratings are down due to new talent, but will bounce back. Also from Mark Middleton. WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon was asked about the recent decline in Raw and SmackDown ratings during Thursday's Q1 2020 investors call. Vince talked about how the product is different while filming during a coronavirus pandemic with no audience and pointed to how there hasn't been much of a change with the blue brand. Regarding the red brand ratings, Vince talked about how they've been how they've brought up new talents and how it takes time to get those talents over. An investor said it's surprising that the ratings appeared soft as of late, with WWE being just about the only live sports content on TV due, due to COVID-19. And asked if Vince has any idea why this is. Quote, in terms of the why, it goes back to the product itself, and we are the only, you're right, sports environment at the moment. But again, it's a different feel completely than in front of a live audience. We were the first sports to have interaction with live audiences many, many years ago. It was yay, boo, and that's the first interaction, and we don't have that now. Vince said, but we're really, we're doing really well, I think, beyond anyone's expectations, actually by doing the show without an audience, and everything we do is about the audience and how they react, and the way you read them and the fun and what have you that they all have by coming to a WWE event. So that's really, I think, why and we need to be able to figure out ways, which we are. End quote. He continued and talked about the closed-set environment the performance center, quote, but nonetheless, there are advantages and we can go outside of the environment too, so we don't just stay there for two or three matches. We need some relief there in form, one form or another, and we're figuring that out as well. A lot of things to figure out in this sort of environment. What can you do and what resonates, and things of that nature. So it really, it's brand new for us, for and for anyone. Vince continued with his answer and said Raw is not is suffering, not necessarily because of the new environment, but because of the new talent and the process of getting them over. He also mentioned Brock Lesnar being away right now and said they do have a new WWE champion, but never named Drew McIntyre. Vince also said he believes the Raw ratings will bounce back considerably. Quote, so there's no audience and it's a different show. 
a completely different show. I think we're going to get there. While we may be able to take this negative and already turn it into somewhat of a positive, as far as ratings and what have you are concerned, SmackDown has, been, has virtually been no change, very little. Raw has suffered, but not necessarily because of the environment. It's suffered because we bring in a lot of new talent into Raw, and it takes a while to get these new talents over. Quote, we no longer have Brock Lesnar, obviously, but we have a new champion and a lot of new performers coming in. So it takes a while. So that's the reason. And how you use those performers in this story, or that story, or what have you. So if new talent, it's just going to take a while. I'm convinced, though, that the Raw's ratings are going to bounce back considerably. Now I'm going to take a moment to let all that marinate. From BleacherReport.com, this is from last week, so I'm only meaning this because they're talking about the ratings. WWE Raw ratings dropped to 1.84 million viewers after a major dip last week. This is from Mike Chiari. After last week's episode of WWE Raw drew the lowest non-holiday viewership in the history of the show, Monday's edition of Raw garnered 1.84 million viewers. According to Mitch Metcalf of Showbuzz Daily, Raw saw its viewership decrease on the heels of last week's show, averaging 1.913 million viewers during the three-hour broadcast on USA Network. Monday's Raw once again emanated from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, with no fans in attendance because of coronavirus be damned. It also focused heavily on WWE Champion Drew McIntyre for the third week in a row. McIntyre opened the show with a promo and challenged Seth Rollins to a match at Money in the Bank, which Rollins later accepted. The Scottish superstar also continued his feud with the League of Vegas stable, beating Angel Garza in the main event. Also, Raw featured three qualifying matches for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Alistair Black de- defeated Austin Theory, Rey Mysterio de- beat Murphy, and Apollo Crews got that. Apollo, what? Oh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Let me grab my water. Holy shit. Apollo Crews got past M. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll, we'll get into all of it. We'll, we'll, give me a minute. This year's men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder matches will be the most unique ones ever, as it was announced on Raw that they will start on the ground floor of WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut, with the superstars having to fight their way to the roof in order to grab the contracts. Other matches on Raw saw Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler, and Bianca Belair win squash matches. Nia Jax beat Kyrie Sin. And, of course, with the uh, Buckle Bomb, and I guess we're going to be talking about that, too. Liv Morgan defeated beat Ruby Riot, and the team of Cedric Alexander and Ricochet defeated Shane Thorne and Brandon Vank. With nearly everything on the Raw side locked in from the main 10th Money in the Bank pay-per-view, WWE will likely spend the next couple episodes of Raw building toward the event with a special emphasis on the Money in the Bank ladder matches and the WWE title bout between McIntyre and Rollins. Since Rollins via appeared via satellite Monday rather than in person, it is possible that McIntyre and Rollins will have some face-to-face confrontations in the coming weeks in order to add some heat to their rivalry prior to their match. Boy, has WWE gone through some bullshit in the last week, eh? Lots of unpacked there, ladies and gentlemen, and yes, I assumed your genders. 
By the way, happy Monday. Welcome to episode uh, 197 of the YLP Podcast. And, woo, what a way to kick off the week, huh? Vince McMahon's demeanor being all over the place, pretty much in fuck it mode. Not acknowledging your new champion in Drew McIntyre. Apollo Crews is in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Excuse me? Since when? Since fucking when? We'll, we'll, we'll just go. Oh, man. 1.84 million. I remember a time back in the early days of the YLP podcast when it was formerly known as the Young Lions Perspective. And I remember saying that that pretty much Raw would go under 2 million by New Year's Eve 2018, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Luckily, actually, no, I think on New Year's Eve, they were under 2 million. Called it, by the way. And now, 2020, I mean 2019, they did that eight times. Broke their own record, by the way, all time. 2020, more of the same. And now, given the fact that coronavirus be damned, they are doing it without an audience. Even with an audience, the show is doo-doo. So much so that I just gave up on it and haven't watched Raw since. I literally haven't watched Raw in the past three weeks. No, I haven't watched, yeah, I haven't watched Raw in the past two weeks, I should say, because I did watch the Raw after Mania, and I just pretty much hated the fuck out of it. So pretty much didn't bother me any that, you know, I was only watching for about an hour. Because they gave me absolutely... Nothing of substance. Hey, Vince McMahon is in fuck it mode. It's one thing for me as a 32-year-old dude to be in fuck it mode. At work, usually I'm in fuck it mode. Not because I, you know, hate everybody at my job. I don't. Certain people I do, but I won't name names. That is for me to know, and you to even try to try to find out out of me because you're out of your damn mind. That is neither here nor there. I digress. But yeah, most of the time at work, I'm just in fucking mode. But the simple fact that I just you know I I you know have a task given to me, like I had one today. Uh, me and one of my uh, the guys I was working with, we had to work on a little project, and you know I didn't get everything done given the fact that there was a pallet of shit in the back, and I didn't realize it until about, like, 1.30, so that was just peachy. I'll finish that up tomorrow. Close that out, we'll be good. Get on to the next project. On to the next one. You know Make it look good, clean, nice. Before I get paid for it. But I'm not in a fuck it mode like Vince McMahon is in fuck it mode at 70 fucking three. That's a different kind of fucking mode I haven't even seen yet. I've always stated that I cannot wait to be an old man. Why do you want to be the old man? Because I have, because, I mean, I talk a lot of shit. Let's get that one thing clear. 
you listen to the Wild P podcast, you know you're going to get your daily dose of shit talking at its finest. Yeah, it's what I do. And I have not been, you know, dubbed the Stephen A. Smith of podcasting, wrestling podcasting for fucking nothing. Thanks, Ricky. But my God. I honestly don't know. I mean, I like you, like you listen to this with me. And on one hand, you could say he went a little bit off the rails. But on the other hand, you can say that this was in true Mr. McMahon character. You know, he joked around. Surprisingly defended Bailey, which I thought was... Which to me sounded like a dig. Or the way I, the way I just like thinking shit and, and you know... I'm just thinking, oh, wait, is he talking shit? Was it just bullshit? That, that could, I mean, that could be, you know, translated in different ways. Me personally, I think it was just in Vince McMahon and true Mr. McMahon character. So, I can see it, I can see it both ways. Uh, leaning towards more so the Mr. McMahon character. But, you know, with everything that's gone on in this la- in the last couple of months, right? You know, with the... You know, with WrestleMania 36 having to be canceled in Tampa. You know, the XFL pretty much being bankrupt. Honestly, when it didn't need to go bankrupt at all. That's, that's just me personally. Um, could have just halted the season and got back at it, you know, in 2021. Would have been perfectly fine with that. I think it deserved to come back. Um, I can see why with everything that's going on, he's a little bit, he's a little bit in, in fuck it mode. He's got a lot to deal with right now. I mean, also plus the whole... Um, deal with Governor DeSantis in Florida, um, deeming WWE, AEW, you know, professional wrestling essential in Florida. It's a little bit interesting. But holy shit, this this is a different Vince McMahon than we've seen and we've ever seen. That's being for real, for real. And the and the whole thing with you know going out during your your Q one conference call and basically blaming. The fact that Brock Lesnar's not there. And we have a lot of new talent that we're bringing in. So that's the main reason why we're not getting the ratings that we're getting. Because you're getting a 1.8 fucking 4. Your worst rating in the history of your show. And you're going to try to blame it 
on not uh, Brock Lesnar not fucking being there and talent not getting over just yet, not even naming your champion. Would you expect me to believe that not that Brock Lesnar not being there is the sole is mainly the sole reason why your ratings are in the shit? Oh yeah, you're in fuck it mode, sir. But you've been in fuck it mode for many, many moons, my dude. Just can you fucking not for once? I just, oh my god. If he's in fuck it mode, then this is a different type of fuck it mode. Because he was in the last level of fuck it mode for about the last four or five years. Now he's in a new evolved version of fuck it. It's different. I mean, holy fucking shit. I honestly don't know what to think about this. I mean, I mean, yes, screw it. Vince could be wild, but wild doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. It never means it's good. If I'm being, I mean, at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is going to do what Vince McMahon is going to do. But sometimes what Vince McMahon does pisses a lot of us off. To the point where we've stopped watching Raw. We've stopped watching SmackDown. We've pretty much canceled the network and all this shit. And honestly, you can and honestly you can just, you know, back out of it, you know, before the end of the month, get back into it. Still have you can literally have a free year of WWE. Uh, network if you just back out before the end of the month and then get in before get in like the beginning of the month and then get your free month watch pay-per-views of what you need to see delete repeat you could do that and have an entire year's worth of um network for free i don't encourage that i don't encourage that i'm just saying that you probably could do that or people will just watch the big four shit i don't know But still, it's going to be interesting to see how fuck it Vince, screw it Vince, is going to go down. And if we're going to get even more terrible ratings, then honestly, I have no hope for Raw as I see fit. And and that's just going to be the way I'm going to leave that, for sure. Because... Truthfully, Raw's fucked. SmackDown's barely hanging on. And still NXT like rules the day. In terms of WWE. And until Fuck It Vince becomes, okay, maybe I should start giving you good programming, Vince. Excuse me. We're just going to have the same old, same old. Ain't nothing going to change. The ratings are going to get worse. 
People are going to still ask for Vince McMahon's head, and that's just how it's going to be. No two ways about it. I don't want it to happen. I'd rather it not be this way. But that's just what he's been doing for the past five, six years. It's been straight ass. I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know when we're going to go back to live events. But Vince McMahon honestly needs them and fast. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens as we go into May, June, July, SummerSlam. That's why I don't say August. Um, September, October. We don't know how, how long this coronavirus be damned shit is going to go down. Run up. Comfy. Yeah. And that was your obligatory Marley moment of the day, brought to you by Marley, who wants to remind you to make sure you drink your fluids, take very, very good naps, and make sure you get plenty of exercise during these quarantine times. Oh, and to make sure you actually eat uh, very healthy. It's good for you. Um, gains everywhere. I don't know what w- I don't know what really the WWE is gonna be doing going forward. I really don't. But we'll see. As, as I said, we go into the next couple of months: May, June, July, SummerSlam weekend. You know, if we can get back into a situation where states reopen their economies, um, we're able to actually have live crowds again, which may be for quite a while. Um, I don't know. I don't know where fuck it Vince is going to go, but we're gonna we're gonna. Enjoy this ride or watch the crazy train have no brakes as it goes off a cliff. This is episode 197 of the YLP Podcast. And with that being said, let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Rest of the Vicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 197 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Monday evening, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for having this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it, y'all. Know if you found it, you figured it out yet. But next Monday, next Monday, will be episode 200. Yes. And on the road to 200, it has been a very interesting, fun time. Of course, if you got to the episode of my buddy Kevin Obarski from the Wrestling With Issues podcast, check that out. Um, if you haven't checked out all my episodes from last week, New the weekend and like the fuse and last week this week please do go check those out support the movement that is YOP as well as the WBR Familia that's how we get down the way we support our movement 100% truly and wholeheartedly but yeah I mean knowing that I'm a week away now from episode 200 uh, I'm not trying to think about it I mean I'm going about my day and Working and all this shit, and you know, 
still doing what I do, and I kind of forgot that I was a few episodes away from episode 100. I mean, we talked about an episode 190 a little bit, a little bit, knowing that we were on the road to 200, but now seeing it and going through the last couple of weeks, I've realized, like, oh, excuse me. just realizing that it's about to happen and I'm I hadn't done when I had episode 100 last year last July I think I hit that right around my one year after my one year mark I hit 100 right after that and just at just that time and then of course the interview with Sonny Arvada which you can find on my old page at um having that happen and now realizing it's about to go it's about to actually come to fruition and realizing it was something I've been working on since July of last year I mean you never really think about it you never really think about the next hundo I mean until I guess you're close to it and think about all the things that have gone on since episode 100 um of course episode 150 that's just the thing um having my year-end episodes, those were always fun, um, being, now being picked up by, uh, Wrestletic Radio, and now getting to this point, a lot of things have happened over the last hundred episodes, if you've been rocking with me since then, um, first and foremost, merci, um, two, um, thank you, and three, I want you to do something for me. I've been thinking about trying to get someone on, or maybe a couple people, or something like that. And keeping it strictly to your and maybe Kevin as well. Who would you want me to do my 200? I'm not, I don't want to do it on my own. I will be asking the more family if they want to join in on my 200th excursion into the War Realm. Well, technically, not my 200th excursion. But my 200 episode as I delve deeper into the war realm. And, you know, if you think maybe, maybe Ricky, maybe Kate, Nate and Fretzy, Mance, Will, Will Tereshuk, uh, Kevin, um, I would definitely want to. Not, I mean, yeah, I could do a 200 episode on my own, but I think it would only feel right if I did it with the War, fam- the War Family. You know, my 200 episode, it will be news of the weekend, of course. Um, we're not in predictions mode just yet, so we don't have to worry about anything in terms of that. Um, that usually is reserved for Fridays anyway, because we're right at the weekend. But yeah, I don't want to do this one alone. So if you think... And this goes out to all members of the War family as well. If you want to fuck with me for my 200 episode next Monday, the day before a Cinco de Mayo, feel me? Um, I definitely, I definitely want to, you know, be involved with that. And we'll see where that goes. I mean, episode 200, regardless, is going to go down on Monday. 
I'm going to be there. I know you're going to be there. But if you think someone should join me, let me know. War members, feel free to join in if necessary. We'll see where we'll see what happens come next Monday. But coming off, going off of that, it is Monday, and that means, of course, we got a lot of news of the weekend. And there was a good amount of news that came out of the weekend. I got I got a good amount of news. I got some news. All right, I got a good amount of news today. Some some bangers, if you will. And one of the biggest stories that came out of this weekend that really came out of fucking left field was the Velveteen Dream. And um, a certain picture <laughs> that came out of, that came about, I synced it, didn't really need to see it, but of course, curiosity killed the cat and apparently it killed me. But we'll kick off this week's episode of News of the Weekend, episode 197 of the YLP Podcast with this first article from WrestlingInc.com. The Velveteen Dream responds to accusations of inappropriate Behavior, from written by my favorite wrestling writer, period, Mark Middleton. This is actually from Friday. WWE NXT superstar The Velveteen Dream took to Twitter this afternoon, or Friday afternoon, to deny allegations made against him. Dream has been trending worldwide on social media since this morning after a screenshot was posted to the Reddit, alleged to be a, of a direct message exchange he had with an underage fan on Instagram. The exchange allegedly had Dream sending a photo of his private parts to the fan and asking for a photo in return. The speculation was that Dream had been hacked, as anyone who got into his account would have access to any photos he had previously shared with others. Dream tweeted this afternoon and said he did not have inappropriate communications with anyone. Then a private photo of his was shared without his consent or knowledge. He added that he is working with a third party to look into what happened. Quote, Be assured, I did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. A private photo of mine was shared without my consent or knowledge, and I am working with a third party to look into this matter. We have reached out to the WWE and will provide updates if we received any. Woo! Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good way to kick off this week's episode, isn't it? Isn't it, bruv? Shout out to my UK fans out there. I know I, know I got some. Jermaine, looking at you, bruv. But yeah, um... Ooh, mm, ah, hey, ooh. This is an interesting situation. Damn, even Newsweek picked this up? God, damn. I mean, this is, Ford picked it up? God, damn, this is serious. Ooh. Of course, Albert Kanua. Yeah, the homie. I mean, this is such an interesting situation. Especially on the heels of... Um, especially on the heels of Velveteen Dream gunning for the NXT Championship. And possibly more than likely taking said NXT Championship away from Adam Cole. I don't know what kind of factor this would lead to. And I'm being dead honest with y'all.
Whew. This is one of those situations now. I mean, do I believe this is actually a situation that, that could have happened like that? Absolutely. It could have been a situation where, so, I mean, with the way the internet works nowadays and the way motherfuckers can just hack into your IP and shit and just jack your shit, yeah, the possibility is absolutely there. That's not even a fucking issue. Um, but just Just holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be silenced. It's just something you gotta, you know, you gotta unwrap, you know, the John wit. And um, let me let me get into this article from Forbes. Of course, uh, WWE, uh, WWE's Velveteen Dream denies allegations of inappropriate behavior on social media from Alpha Kanua. WWE NXT's top star, Velveteen Dream, is under fire amid allegations of inappropriate behavior on social media. Velveteen Dream became a trending topic worldwide after an unidentified fan took to the Squared Circle subreddit to allege the NXT star sent inappropriate photos. The account posted several screenshots of a flirtatious alleged conversation between Velveteen Dream and an underage fan. Allegations only intensified when a Redditor claimed to have audio of the former NXT North American champion interacting with minors. Dream's alleged interaction with the fans was said to have been sparked by Dream inviting fans to DM him on Instagram. The accuser noted that she was 17 and her friends were 15 and 16. Velveteen Dream was vehemently denied these allegations, posting a rare out-of-character tweet to categorically deny any wrongdoing on social media. Dream's tweet suggests he may have been hacked amid a language of a private photo being shared without his consent or knowledge. Velveteen Dream recently returned from an injury and was placed back and was immediately placed on a meteoric track toward the NXT Championship. Dream is feuded with NXT Champion Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era throughout the coronavirus impacted tapings of WWE NXT. A longtime fan favorite in full cell dream is expected to become the next challenger for NXT's top prize. But should there even begin to be legs to any allegations against Venom Dream, WWE, which won't even say coronavirus to be damned on air, will be sure to err on the side of caution to distance itself from more controversy. After an ungodly week that featured the ugly ends of the XFL and Black Wednesday, the last thing WWE wants or needs is another scandal. Do I believe... Velveteen Dream was dumb enough to uh, have inappropriate conversations with a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 16-year-old. No. I honestly don't. Um, have you seen him with Kathy Kelly? Yeah, just in case y'all motherfuckers didn't know, yeah, he, yeah, he hit that. I mean, so did Finn Balor, but that, and we already saw the Instagram post on that one, so that's a whole different story in and of itself. But... I don't honestly believe for one second that, you know, I don't think for one second that he did this. And until I honestly see more shit come out, I mean, if you allege to have audio, where it's at? Because I'm for certain sure we would like to hear that audio, son. Redditor, whoever the fuck you is. Now, 
The picture? Uh, I'm going to say it like this. As a bro, and to all my bros out there, ladies, this ain't this ain't, this is not this is not your time for the show. If y'all want to go ear month mode, by all means, do so. Bros, I guarantee you, you may have sent a dick pic in your lifetime to a girl. Now, rule of thumb: don't do that because more than likely she'll either a be vindictive bitch and post it on social media and claim you guys small dong. B, show it to her girlfriends and laugh with her girlfriends about how small, possibly small, your dong is, air quotes around small. Or C, um, maybe send you something back. I don't know. At the end of the day, don't do that. Why? This shit might happen. Now, I will believe the side of, yeah, homie got hacked. I mean, unless you're Bella Thorne and you just decide, okay, since they're hacking my shit, I'm going to show you my nids. Hi. Casual. That was actually a weird, that was a super weird flex. Um, but there's a lot of things, there's a lot of times where something or someone's photos or documents or information does get leaked out, not by their doing. Um, happens all the fucking time, um, whether it be for good or in this case, really fucking bad. Sorry, I was looking at Sage Steel. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But she fine. I like staying. Wearing the right heels. Yeah. I mean, anywho. I'm, I'm, I'm a bro at heart. Leave me be. But, whew, this is a big situation. Hopefully, it does blow over. Hopefully, nothing really bad comes out of this. And they do, and if, they, and if there is a person behind it, they do find the person, they bring him to justice, and we go from there. <sighs> Nothing like flavored sparkling water, y'all. By the way, went to Costco for the first time in my entire life. Don't know, don't know why I went, didn't go sooner. That thing is a godsend. Um, and they got hella sparkling water on deck twenty four. And I will thoroughly be enjoying those over the next few weeks. Quite delicious. But this this is a big this is a big deal. I don't care what anyone thinks. Oh, it's no small it's a small thing. Nah, bruh. This is a really fucking big deal. Given the fact that um you know, the way shit is nowadays, um yeah, this can be this is a big fucking deal. Hopefully, um, the fuck? <laughs> uh, apparently, Sonny has an OnlyFans account. What a fucking surprise. I'll read that. On, I'm going to read that in my own time. That's for me. That, that's me time. Because um, <laughs> I just want to laugh at that. Current plan for, oh, God. Yeah, I'll read that on my own time, too. But yeah, this is some weird, this is some crazy shit. Um, hopefully it comes out that it wasn't Velveteen Dreams doing. Um, I don't think he would be dumb enough to be talking to underage girls. Then again, um, uh, things we've seen otherwise where shit, shit has been like that. Um, 
yeah. So, um, hopefully that isn't the case. Um, but I don't think that is the case. So, hopefully, this does end up being a, um, Hopefully it, it you know ends up being that yeah, it was a third it was a third party that did get into his shit and then pose as Velveteen Dream I guess and then do what he did I don't fucking know we'll see we'll see what happens and of course y'all know if any other news does come out. I will be sure to let y'all know as soon as I know. But moving on into more heavier shit, because apparently I got a lot of heavy shit. God damn. It's just one of those days where it's just like, it's it's a, it's a good amount of news, but a lot of heavy shit, as we talked about in the last segment with, with fuck it Vince himself. From ringsidenews.com. Now, this article kind of flew me through, threw me for a loop. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, but we'll see how it goes. From ringsidenews.com, internal documents reveal new details about WWE firing co-presidents. Again, any situation like this, please, of course, like Salt Bay, do take it with a grain of salt, and make sure you do the Salt Bay, John, as you're doing, taking it, as you're taking it with a grain of salt. This is from Felix Upton. WWE asked their co-presidents, Joe Barrios and Michelle Wilson, on January 30th, the day after my birthday. This game is quite a surprise, and the dismissals reportedly involved an internal conflict with Vince McMahon. Um, whole deal with Saudi Arabia and then not cornering the Middle Eastern market. Go check that out. Yeah, trust me, I, I talked about that way back in the news uh, just a few months ago. Uh, news, of, news of the weekend, we did talk about that. Recently revealed paperwork thanks to an SEC filing shows exactly what kind of deals Barrios and Wilson were given upon their WWE exits. They also qualified for, quote-unquote, discretionary bonus payments. Wilson and Barrios are also required to inform WWE within five days if they accept any other employment during that 18-month period. Um, They probably ain't going to be doing nothing right now due to coronavirus be damned. Quote, during the salary continuation period, you agree to notify WWE in writing within five business days if you accept an offer of employment and slash or intend to start or take an ownership interest in a business, whether alone or with others. In the event you accept an offer of employment, the written notice shall identify the name and location and the new employer, your job title, and the nature of your duties. End quote. Michelle Wilson and George Barrios had language in their release papers, which entitled them to 18 months of continued salary. This 18 months started one week following their firing. So they are in month number four now. We're going into uh, month number three, I should say, of their 18 months. So at least they're getting, still getting paid. Um, this is also from the documents. Quote, salary and benefit continuation after the termination date in seven days following your acceptance in the execution of this argument within which you have not revoked that acceptance. And after confirmation that you have returned any and all WWE-owned property to human resources, you will be paid 18 months of your base salary on a bi-weekly basis as of the termination date. Less applicable withholdings and deductions in accordance with WWE's regular payroll procedures and dates, salary continuation period. During that portion of the salary continuation period, you remain eligible for and on the condition that you timely elect group health insurance coverage continuation pursuant to COBRA. WWE shall pay the portion of your COBRA premium in the same percentage as it paid toward your health insurance premium during your employment. 
all other employee benefits shall cease immediately as of your termination date. So pretty much, still get health care. All, all other benefits go bye-bye. I, I guess that would pretty much say. You're still getting paid, though, your salary for 18 months. Uh, finishing up, Michelle Wilson and George Berrios were with WWE for a very long time. The two helped the company go through some years of real transformation. Their services were deemed no longer necessary, and they were fired. At least it appears that their seven packages were incredibly generous. So pretty much, um, they were still going to get paid. Um, they were still going to get health care, but all of the benefits pretty much go bye-bye. Throwing out the window, like, uh, throwing out the door, I should say, like Jazz did, used to do in the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And yes, I am kind of showing my age, so go fuck yourself. But at least, you know, it's nothing too crazy. It's not like, okay, I, you're, you know, you could pretty much, you know, eat a dick. And you're not going to get any money from us. At least they're getting, still getting paid, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now with this pandemic. Um, at least it's nice to know that they're still getting paid at least a, a decent salary. Um, you know, you know, while they're just, you know, pretty much doing jack fuck all uh, during this entire thing and all that good stuff. So. But yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, I mean, it seems like they're, you know, going to be okay going forward. Let's see what I want to look at here. This one, this next article I got is an interesting one for me, especially for all y'all NXT UK squadron out there who do love the UK scene. And, you know, as of late, we haven't been able to get NXT UK lately because of coronavirus be damned. But let's get into it from WrestlingNews.co. Future of WWE NXT UK is uncertain. By Andrew Ravens. This was from Friday. Years ago, Triple H had a vision of expanding the NXT brand to different countries. The first step towards that was building the performance centers in different parts of the world and running an NXT brand there. The first of this plan was in the UK market. At first, WWE originally set up operations in the country to combat the ITV world as sports promotion. However, the promotion went out of business years ago. For the last few months, there's been talk of WWE expanding in Japan, but the talks are said to be dead in the water due to the coronavirus outbreak. Dave Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that nobody right now knows the status of NXT UK. Now that WWE is looking to downsize in order to cut back on the budget, there are questions about the brand, which is a money-losing operation. WWE has been forced to cancel upcoming TV tapings for the brand due to the, corona- the outbreak of the coronavirus be damned. Tapings in Burnmouth. Burnmouth. England for May 1st and 2nd was next. These tapings would have served as the fallout tapings for the also-canceled NXT UK TakeOver Dublin event. Only postponed until October, I think we'll be okay. The TV tapings of the UK Download Festival in mid-June have also been canceled. WWE held a set of NXT UK TV tapings back in early March. Since that time, they've been airing best-of episodes from the TV for the weekly TV programming. The next set of tapings for the brand is slated for Friday, July 24th. And Saturday, July 25th in Glasgow, Scotland. So if you're out there in Scotland, anywhere near Glasgow, hopefully, fingers crossed, next set of tapings do go down and we are pretty much out of the whole situation by then. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. Especially with NXT UK. Um... 
I am a big fan of NXT UK. I used to cover NXT UK for a good amount of time, pretty much since the beginnings of um, NXT UK. Pretty much from the jump, I was checking out NXT UK and reviewing NXT UK. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, but then it got to a point where I was just like, damn, it's a lot going on. And, I have, and I've been playing a lot of catch-up, and I still am, I'm going to be playing a lot of catch-up. Um, maybe sometime during the weekend, I'll probably catch up on some NXT UK. Pretty much dating, though, all the way back to last year. <laughs> That's how far behind I am, unfortunately. Again, I mean, I love NXT UK. I always support the brand. Um, but it's been, a you know, a lot of things have been going on. And a lot to take. And I mean, I mean, with, I mean, with the next possible three months—May, <laughs> June, and July—hopefully um, by then I'll be able to catch up and be all caught up. And I still want to see Walter Pete Dunn, uh, part two for the NXT UK Championship, and everything else that's gone on in between. Of course, leading up to uh, the lead up to uh, Cardiff um, Takeover Blackpool two. And everything that comes up until about a month ago. Hopefully, I'll be able to do that. And I, I mean, it is a cause of your concern. I mean, yes, NXT UK is that kind of brand that is unfortunately, you know, losing money. But there are reports that saying NXT was losing money, you know, and all that stuff. But you're able to pay your employees, so fuck off. Um, yeah, NXT and NXT UK still are, to my opinion, are one and two in terms of, you know, brand rankings with, you know, SmackDown being third and Raw being a very fucking distant fourth. So it would it would suck, you know, if NXT UK was pretty much going womp womp and um hopefully it's not the case. Hopefully in July you know, once we get everything started up again, um You know, once we get everything popping again, hopefully NXT UK gets back into the fold. Then we can head, you know, start building towards, you know, take over Dublin in October, and we can get that popping and hopefully get Walter Finn Balor for the NXT UK Championship, hopefully sometime in 2020. Because that shit needs to go down, and I know a lot of motherfuckers are claiming for it, myself included. Let's see what I want to do here. Actually, I'm going to leave it there for part one of News of the Weekend. When we come back, I got a twofer involving Mr. John Moxley. Um, talking about uh, working with Minoru Suzuki was a dream come true. And a certain NJPW star has challenged John Moxley to an IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match. We'll talk about who that is in the next segment. I also got news on SmackDown's ratings, and we'll probably begin the segment with that. Um, how SmackDown, again, draws lowest ratings for a Fox episode. We'll talk about the number, because I don't even know the number yet. And, which is quite... I mean, which wouldn't surprise me if the number was complete dog shit. I also have news on Dakota... I can't talk today. Dakota Kai! On terrifying experience during recent WWE roster cuts, and I got a little something special to end today's episode 197 of the YLP Podcast. I'm not going to tell you the article just yet, 
But when I saw this article, I busted out laughing, and I think we're all going to need a hearty laugh, especially during these uncertain times, as I like to say in the commercial. So, grab yourself a drink, get a little snack, relieve yourself to the facilities if you must. Um, take care of a couple things, you know, take a nap if you, if you feel like it, you know, bees like that. Then when you're done with, done with that, come on back, and we'll discuss the second half of episode 197 of the YLP podcast, talking about the news of the weekend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 197 of the YLP podcast, kicking off part two news of the weekend. Let's do a twofer with John Moxley. So nice. From eWrestlingNews.com John Moxley said working with Minoru Suzuki was a dream come true. I mean, hell yeah. This sounds pretty damn good to me. This is from Ryan Clark. During a recent interview with Uprocks, John Moxley commented on working with Minoru Suzuki in New Japan Pro Wrestling and more. You can check out some of the highlights from the interview. On his angle with Shota Umino, which, by the way, was one of my favorite angles they had done in New Japan all last year. Just had, just calling him Shooter. All that. I thought it was, I thought this had so much good legs. And this definitely helped Umino um, get a bigger spot, especially as a young lion. To where you know he was in, he was dealing with one of the biggest names, in not only New Japan but in AEW. Let's see what he said about that. Quote: It was a small thing that grew into a funnier big thing. It's kind of the brainchild of a guy named Gato, who's New Japan's Booker. In New Japan, everybody's involved in like a group. You've got Chaos and Lij and the Bullet Club, and you have some people who are just kind of rogue independents like me. So, on the off days in the G1, you have tag matches. But I wouldn't have any tag partners. So basically, it was a way to get me a tag partner. I would beat him, respect his toughness. And then I decided to make him my young boy tag partner thing. But he has such a funny... I don't know what it is about him. There's something funny about him. I was coming to New Japan to finally be this serious, kick-ass competitor. But when I looked at him and the camera's on, I just couldn't help. Because I like I enjoy doing like improv comedy on the fly sometimes. I think I have a bit of knack for deadpan humor and stuff like that. So I just couldn't help but make the situation kind of funny because this was the opportunity for some comedy gold here with Shota. As soon as I call him Shooter, I knew everyone was going to start calling him Shooter, which I thought was funny too. And then when he was going to the UK, I gave him one of my jackets that I had worn the ring for him to wear to the ring because I was like, okay, I guarantee when he goes to the UK, everybody's going to chant Shooter at him and people are going to pay more attention to him and he's going to gain experience more quickly. So hopefully when he comes back and he's a big star and the king of Japan and I'm all old and broken down and broken America, he throws me a bone. <laughs> I'll discuss all this at the end of this article. On what he's enjoyed about NJPW, quote, yeah, getting to work with Minoru Suzuki was a dream come true. Just kind of a dream match that I was hoping for one day. I didn't think our paths would ever cross and it was like, that would be a really cool kind of bucket list opponent to check off. But you never know when you're going to have your last match, or you're going to get hit by a bus, or you're going to break your neck or whatever. You never know when it's your last day until your last day. So I thought before I retire, it would be really cool to get a chance to wrestle him once. And we did, and it was an extremely physical and violent affair, and it was the kind of just in-your-face action we both like to bring in. It was very cool. And just getting the 
the whole getting to work at the Tokyo Dome. I missed the previous two previous WrestleManias, and I got to do two nights straight in the Tokyo Dome. So that kind of made up for it in my mind. Getting to do a Texas death match in the Tokyo Dome was like, come on. That's like Christmas for me. Are you kidding me? That was awesome. And I'm kind of proud of my efforts throughout the whole G1, being able to go through the whole G1 at full octane every single night. And I was battling through a couple of injuries too, like everybody was. The locker room during the G1 looks like a tried unit. It's the toughest tournament in pro wrestling. So to be able to do that was kind of a badge of honor. Yeah, I love wrestling in Japan. I love the fans over there, end quote. On its on if it's different performing in empty arenas, quote, oh, definitely. Having an audience is such a critical element of pro wrestling, and if nobody's in the building, it kind of sucks so much energy out of everything, and it's really challenging. Everybody's kind of finding different ways to work around that, whether that's the way you shoot it on camera. A lot of people are go- doing different cinematic-style matches and stuff. It's definitely tough. When a building is going crazy and it's all out, it can almost be like a mask and stuff. It keeps the energy going more. And so without fans, you got to doubt the physicality. you got to keep everything tighter. I was really proud of the match I had with Jake Hager the other week in front of no people because it was just kind of real physical, realistic, and we beat the actual crap out of each other. It was kind of what we do. It's not ideal for anybody to wrestle in front of empty arenas, but as long as everyone's safe and so forth, you know, the whole world right now is going through real hard times and struggling, and there's a lot going on out there. So the best we can do in pro wrestling is just provide a slight distraction for a minute. And that was pretty much the highlights of that interview. And if you want to go check out that, you can go on upparks.com and there's a hyperlink in there you can check out. But there's a second part to Mr. John Loxley and this twofer. AEW world champion John Moxley challenged by a top NJPW superstar to a match at MSG. John Moxley has been challenged to a match by top NJPW superstar at Madison Square Garden. The Death Rider has been making all the noise and signing with AEW and NJPW. This is from Sumi Dada from this past Saturday. At the beginning, at the beginning, my lord, I can't talk today. At New Japan Pro Wrestling's The New Beginning pay-per-view, John Moxley successfully defended his IWGP United States Championship in an instant classic against Minoru Suzuki. However, during Moxley's post-match celebration, celebrations, he was blindsided by another Suzuki goon member in the form of Zack Sabre Jr., with ZSJ setting his sights on the IWGP United States Championship, the Brit sensation has revealed that he would like to get revenge for his fellow Suzuki Goon stablemate by beating Moxley at the NJPW Wrestle Dynasty show in Madison Square Garden. While speaking to New Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling recently, Zack Sabre Jr. said that he wouldn't like anything better than winning the IWGP United States Championship from John Moxley in his home soil. Despite recently losing the British Heavyweight Championship to Will Ospreay, Rev Pro, ZSJ was pretty aware of the fact that the Death Rider was coming after the Suzuki Goon, and that prompted the former to jump in. Quote, I don't think anything would be better than US champ- being US Champion at Wrestle Dynasty and how upset American wrestling fans would be. I think as well, Moxley was coming after my group. I didn't want to wait for him to come to me. I wanted to jump in. End quote. The former WWE Cruiserweight Classic entrant, who is mostly known for his technical wrestling abilities, further acknowledged the reigning AEW World Champion's hardcore skill set. He did claim that the latter style of wrestling will not work against the technical wizard. Quote, I can appreciate fans that would be excited about that. I'm excited about that. You don't know which way it's going to go. He's been having these hardcore rules with everyone, and that isn't going to work with me. You can keep the furniture under the ring, sunshine. I wouldn't be chasing after him if I didn't think I could win. I can win. It won't be easy but I can win. 
And of course, uh, just in case y'all didn't know, NJPW's Wrestle Dynasty is scheduled for August 22nd and will be taking place at the iconic Madison Square Garden Arena, which will be NJPW's big return to the Garden. The promotion is currently on temporary shutdown due to the massive COVID-19 outbreak in Japan and around the globe. However, we could expect them to make their grand comeback eventually once things get back to normal prior to the shutdown. Moxley defeated both Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki in NJPW and will look to secure another vital win another Suzuki over another Suzuki Goon member in the form of Zack Sabre Jr. So going into the uh, article with... Um, it's really... I mean, the whole angle with uh, Shota Umino was absolutely hilarious. Uh, the whole angle they had with that I remember that match. I watched that match between Umino and Moxley. Um, I think that was yeah, that was um, that was Dallas, if I remember if I remember correctly. No, that wasn't Dallas. That was in Japan. They were in Japan when uh, Moxley made his debut because I think he was B Block because they had A Block on in Dallas and then about had like a week break and then B Block was in Japan. So that's when Moxley made his debut. I think so, if I'm not mistaken. Um, think about that. Do, do, do. Yeah, that would make sense. So, the whole angle with Umino was quite funny. He beat the living hell out of Umino in that matchup. And, of course, I had the meme of um, Moxley and Umino. Um, when You know, Moxley is me. And then the Shota is uh, when your friend celebrates his 21st birthday. Because he looked drunk as fuck. Because he, he got his ass beat. To the point where he looked super drunk. But Moxley picked him up. Brought him to the back. With him. Cut a promo with Umino. And then pretty much had him as his quarter man. During, throughout the entirety of the G1 Climax Tournament. Which, which is nothing more than one hell of a big fucking rub with Umino. Now Umino is on excursion in Britain. Well, was on excursion into the UK. Um, and doing his thing over there. So... Of course, I always wish, you know, young the young lions who are now on excursion. Hopefully they do well. Of course, my, my thing with the young lions is, of course, I am a young lion. But, you know, seeing that they're going over, going to excursion, building themselves up, learning, understanding that, you know, you know, enhancing their character over time and... you know, all this stuff. And it's really cool to see that, you know, Umino's now doing his thing. And hopefully Moxley does get that bone thrown at him from Umino. And, you know, maybe somewhere down the line, Umino and Moxley can team up again and do, do a couple matches during Tag League or something like that. I do not know. Who effing knows? Everything, the Minoru Suzuki match that he had with Moxley was a banger. An absolute barn burner matchup. And that was one of the, my favorite, it's literally one of my favorite matches of the year so far. Um, it really is. It was, it's been one of those matches where if you like knock down, drag out ass whoopings on each other, then 
that match is for you. If you love just stiff, proper, strong style matchup, this is your that is your type of match. That is the kind of match that you need to watch. Feel me? And, you know, just seeing all that going forward, it's really, it's just really nice to see. It's really fantastic that, you know, he did, you know, shout out Umino and uh, Suzuki. And now deal, now he's going to be dealing with um, Zack Sabre Jr., which I do remember seeing after the match that he had with Suzuki. Um, that's when out came ZSJ. And that was going to start the feud that was uh, probably, because we were in February at the time, that was probably going to be Sakura Genesis for the IWGP United States Championship. Um, that was going. That was probably going to be their their matchup. You know. But now that we have, of course, coronavirus, be damned. Um, that is not the case, unfortunately, for uh, Moxley and ZSJ. So maybe we wait until the twenty second of August to get through. Um, Wrestle Dynasty, and then on top of that, we have the G1 Climax going down in the fall, which I think is going to be really, really fucking cool, given the fact that, you know, we were supposed to have the 2020 Olympics. That, unfortunately, did not happen because it got postponed, and now we are here. But as far as I know, we still have the G1 Climax um, that will go down in, I believe, September, October. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how that works out going forward, which I'm going to be very excited to see about but yeah moxley's doing his thing right now and um yeah can't be mad about that 100 can't be mad at that one bit 100 moving on though from ringsidenews.com dakota kai on terrifying experience during recent wwe roster cuts this is from felix upton WWE released a lot of on-screen talent on April 15th, along with a ton of office staff and backstage workers. Dakota Kai wasn't released from WWE, but she is aware that could be a possibility. While talking to the Sporting News, the COVID-19 pandemic came up in conversation. She said that it's heartbreaking to see the world going through such troubles. Her own family is struggling through this time as well. Quote, it is genuinely heartbreaking watching all of that go down along with the rest of the world. We see it all unfold. As you said, a lot of those people were my peers. It's such a tough time, it's, but it's tough for every company right now. WWE is in the limelight. All that stuff was made public. I know that even back home, my brother still has his job, but a lot of people in his company were let go. My sister, she's a fighter over in Bali. Everyone's struggling. It's such a strange, sad time. Dakota was then asked if she was under the impression that she could be let go from WWE. She responded saying that nobody's job is 100% safe at that point. This is a terrifying feeling, but she's grateful that it hasn't happened in her case. Quote, no matter what your position is in the company, it is always that sort of unknown, right? No one's ever 100% safe. So it was terrifying in that sense. I'm super grateful to still be able to do what I'm doing. End quote. Dakota Kai is regularly featured on WWE television on the NXT brand. She has a long career ahead of her. WWE could be forced to re-examine the situation later on and make more cuts. In the meantime, it appears that they will be sticking with the crew that they, that are all very happy to still be employed. Whew. And honestly, it really is a tough time. I mean, there's not much you can really do in this case, you know, with this whole thing. 
it's it's just insane. Um, I don't know. I mean, you got to wonder if, you know, you could be next. Could you be next? You know, is that is that going to be the thing? Is that the vibe? Oh, dear God. Okay, yeah, it is true. Oh, dear God. Um, all right, let me see if I could find a article on this. I did find it. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, Fuck me. Alright, yeah, this is... I know I'm going off range. This was an article I did not... I thought I was going to read in my, uh, by myself. But, um... Given the phenomenon that is going on... Not the phenomenon, but, um... With, with what is going on with COVID-19 and coronavirus be damned. Apparently, y'all ladies apparently, um... Want to get into OnlyFans because y'all need y'all some attention. And and stupid men are dumb and dumb and dumb 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 to dumb. Stupid men are dumb enough to give you money because they are thirsty pieces of shit and don't fucking know any better. And just like that one twenty-two year old that is a meme, by the way. Um, apparently fourteen hundred and thirty-two dudes actually were on her OnlyFans account and homegirl at the age of twenty-two used that OnlyFans account money to buy herself a fucking house. But let's get into it. From ProSportsExtra.com. I never thought I would actually have these words come out of my mouth. WWE Diva Sunny starts OnlyFans account, proving the POP phenomenon. From Mike Rickard II. WWE's Hall of Famer Sunny has wasted no time since her release from Khan College, launching an OnlyFans account to help pay the bills without the annoyance of physical labor. While some men and women may denounce her, I say more power to her as it shows her business acumen. Bro, I'm already, I already know I'm going to shit on this dude. First things first, I would... First things first, I applaud women who have fought for equal rages for the same... I'm really going to beat your ass. I'm not going to get into the specifics of wage discrimination, except in today's day and age, there's no excuse for it. All right, this dude's such a fucking pussy, but we're gonna keep we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting on. That being said, Sonny's OnlyFans account demonstrates the phenomenon so known as the power of the pussy. Most men are familiar with this phenomenon as the sight of any woman, office hot or higher, often turns men to quivering pool of penis-driven pathos. Factor in alcohol, drugs, or two days of celibacy, and a man usually gets negative ten in his saving throw against doing something stupid. It could be calling your ex at 2 a.m. in the morning or signing up for an fans-only account and thinking you discovered your soulmate. It's been happening since Adam had a bite of the fruit of the from the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good of good and evil, and it's continued since. Two years ago, I made an amazing discovery when I learned that women have not only known about the superpower in their possession, but it's common to all social classes and runs deep in society. I was having a post-coital cigarette with a female colleague in the men's locker room, which she told me an incredible... Ah, okay, I'm not gonna fucking continue to read this bullshit. Let me see if I can just... Uh, okay. 
However, when it comes to things like OnlyFans, there's no denying the power of the pussy. Skeptical? According to Ringside News, here are projections for Sonny's potential OnlyFans earnings. Quote, Sonny has an OnlyFans account with various pricing options for different membership links. She doesn't get the entire 2020... She doesn't get the entire $29.99 monthly subscription price. OnlyFans takes a 20% cut. She still has 798 fans, and all of you are fucking retards. Some of them are likely to sign up with different subscription plans. Even if... Now, now, this shit is about to blow your fucking mind. Of how stupid y'all dudes are out there. You thirsty sons of bitches. Even if every subscriber Sonny has signed up for the lowest subscription plan... Of $134.96 a year. Her OnlyFans is raking in $107,698 a year. If each of her subscribers is paying per month, then she is making $287,184.24 a year. That being said, her yearly numbers should fall somewhere between those two figures Minus 20%. People have to remember that the Sunny fans are signing up to see the isn't the I'm okay. It's not surprising she has an only fucking fans account. Is it? And I don't mean to get, you know, into other subjects. I try to keep the realm to a minimum in terms of um, professional wrestling. And this is professional wrestling related. So allow me to try not to vomit as I give you my analysis on said article. Breathe, sir. Breathe. Y'all know y'all want to say some shit, and then people ain't ready for it. But okay, meditate. Goose fraba. Goose, goose, blah blah. Okay. All right, here we go. For a lot of women, <laughs> God damn, I'm really gonna. Sh- I really don't care. Fuck it. For a lot of women out there who uh, do not have jobs right now, uh, they have their Jobs have closed their doors, um, and they are not working at the moment. Um, so, they have now resorted to what some people would consider prostitution. Yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're going to go with full boat on this shit. I really don't care. Y'all going to hear this shit. Y'all, some of y'all going to get mad. I don't care. Um... So instead of working on making a new skill set, they now most modern women, a good, okay, I'm not gonna say most, a good portion of women out there have resorted to um, having premium Snapchats and OnlyFans pages because sex sells and they know stupid, dumb. Men who don't who haven't fucking realized that you know you don't. It's you know stupid to pay for a broad's OnlyFans account. 
And Sunny now has stepped into the realm of OnlyFans because homegirl is broke and she needs the money. And she also knows that stupid, thirsty men are going to subscribe to her OnlyFans account. Oh, man, I'm going to piss so many people off with this and I really don't care because this, this just needs to be said. For all you men out there. Now, I know we are in some interesting times. Uncertain times, if you will. And I know them Trump bucks are coming around like Halloween candy being handed out and such. And that's all well and good. But to my bros, if you honestly are subscribed to some ladies OnlyFans account, you honestly could have taken that money and put it to better use. I'm being dead ass serious with y'all. You really could have taken that and put it to better use. You could have invested in in the, you know, probably not now in the stock market. Um, you probably could have invested it in, you know, putting it into your bank account or, you know, begin saving up to move out of your fucking parents' house or, you know, saving up to buy a car or, you know, putting something in, in, in ETFs or, you know, building up your 401k or starting an IRA or something that would be a very productive thing to do for the long term. No, it's that I'm going to just subscribe to Sonny's OnlyFans account because that's just a great idea. I just want to see what her titties look like. Bitch, she got a porno out. Yeah, bitch, I done the research. I seen it. I seen pages too. What up? But seriously though, Seriously, this this is the PSA to all you dumb fucks out there who, who are subscribed to an OnlyFans account right now because you think she's just so beautiful and you just want to see a stitch of her pussy and all this shit. Just unsubscribe. Unsubscribe from these OnlyFans accounts and put your money to fucking better use. Just why? Why? Are you that, like, like, do you, like, I got a bottle of water right here. Are you that fucking thirsty, my dude? Again, I refer back to the lady that off of 1,432 dudes who was, who are subscribed to this 22-year-old chick's OnlyFans account. She was able to buy a house. Is she going to invite your ass over? No. She's going to keep making money of your stupid ass because you're idiotic enough to be like, oh my God, she's so pretty. I just want to see her pictures and I'm willing to pay $17.50 for them joints. Are you fucking kidding me? You know what the fuck I did with my paycheck? A, I'm going to pay rent. One, I'm going to pay my cell phone bill. Two, three, I went to Costco for the first time in a bar four pounds worth of ribeye. It was glorious. But never will I fucking ever subscribe to a woman's OnlyFans account. Ever. That is just some... That is the probably the literal dumbest thing you can do as a dude. That is, that is literally worse than sending a dick pic. Velveteen Dream, I'm looking at you, player. I know, I, I'm... Okay, okay, I, I, okay, that was a little bit too much. But yeah, you don't need to be doing that, bro. Like, we get it. You you ripped and shit. Um, don't don't be doing that. Just 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 further. Just you know, 
down the line, we learn this shit, we move on, but don't be doing that shit. I understand. You know, you, you, if anything, you probably said to the cat that you had, you were trying to say, we ain't going to go there with that. That's the whole thing. Back to my rant, though. In her prime, Sonny was fine as fuck. Let's get, we'll keep that a buck real fucking quick. Now, ooh, ooh, no, just, uh, mm. and mind you, here's the fun part. She lives in New Jersey. Not going to front with y'all. She actually lives in the Garden State. And now she is going to be banking off of y'all dumbasses because you still think she's fine. She is nowhere near what she looked like back in 96, my dudes. We are in 2020. Homegirl ain't looking good like she used to be. And, and, and for real, like, like let's, let's just keep, like, I'm just so mad at, at the literal thirst of men in our society today. I did not want to, I, I'm not the person to take this to a different place, but shit like this makes me mad. It does. And yes, I understand Sonny need a little bit of bread, but. Whew, baby girl, you know, bros, bro, to my bros. If y'all, I mean, stop it. Stop simping. Stop funding these only fans, chicken head, IG thought, premium Snapchat hoes. They know that sex sells. They know that they can literally just show their vision and next thing, and, and motherfuckers will just literally pay $17.99 per month to see your snatch on the internet. In times of crisis, you are seeing what happens with chicks. Not all, a good portion. Like, bro. Bros, you got to do better. Ladies, y'all can do better than this. If you were a very attractive lady, by all means, I understand. I, I understand. You were fine. But trust and believe. If you are bearing all to the world and leaving nothing to the... Uh, you know, imagination. What does that say about you? To the dude who was literally paying $17.99 a month to see your everything on the internet, what does that say about you, bruv? The only time you need to be thirsty is if you know you need a Sprite when you're talking for... At length, like I am. And when you're at the gym getting those gains, bruv. It sickens me to my core. It does. They are making money off your thirst. And as long as you continue to be an absolute retard, they will continue to do this. 
They will continue to have OnlyFans pages. And it's just literally showing you what happens in times of crisis for some ladies out there. I'm going to piss so many people off and I do not care. So we shall move on. And that is your PSA for the day. Stop simping, bitches. Smackdown. Ooh, Muscoozy. We talked about Raw in the first segment. So we're going to talk about Smackdown ratings in this particular segment. From F4WOnline.com. WWE Smackdown again draws lowest ratings. Oh, excuse me. For Fox episode. This is from Paul Fontaine this past Saturday. Overnight ratings for last night's SmackDown on Fox featuring the 25th anniversary celebration of Triple H, which culminated in it with a rare appearance by Vince McMahon, saw the episode just barely top 2 million viewers and draw the show's lowest numbers to date on the network. The show averaged 2.014 million viewers, down 8% from last week, which was the previous low for a SmackDown episode on Fox. In the demos... SmackDown received a 0.3 rating in the 18 to 34 category, down 25% from the previous week. That was also the lowest number SmackDown has done on Fox. It tied several other shows for the lowest on the major networks last night. In 18 to 49, SmackDown also had the lowest numbers on the major networks last night with a 0.5 rating. That was down 16.7% from last week and was again the lowest number to date on Fox. Coverage of the second night of this year's NFL draft on ABC dominated in those demos, really. Demos, averaging 0.5 and 0.8, respectively, in the two hours that aired opposite SmackDown. Here are the last 10 weeks of viewership totals and ratings in the key demos for SmackDown on Fox. These are the overnight totals. The final totals generally released on Monday may slightly differ. And let's actually check out the Monday ratings right now. And I'm doing this technically live but you'll be hearing this later smackdown results are doo doo because the show sometimes is doo doo see if i can find anything now cuz yeah they were supposed to do this today it is Monday. Uh, mm, all right, I got nothing pretty much for the most part. So the rating is 2.014. And literally since February, well, technically since March 13th, it has gone down. Consistently, 2.588, 2.563, 2.374, 2.374 again for April 3rd, 2.304 for April 10th, the 17th with a 2.192, and now we are with the 24th, 2.014. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Because I did not give a single fuck, shit, or damn about SmackDown because the NFL draft was on, and I'm a Seahawks fan, and their draft was garbage. And any Seattle fans want to debate me on that, let me know. 
Because Jordan Brooks, Jordan Brooks and Daryl Taylor ain't gonna do it, Chief. When you had Yader Grossmatos on the board and AJ Epineza, which I thought they were trading up for. Boy, did y'all have just a regular ass draft, didn't y'all? I mean, Damian Lewis was good. You know, Colby Parkinson, I guess that was a good tight end pickup. Why we drafted two tight ends, I don't know. But that's the point. I didn't give a fuck about SmackDown this last past Friday. I really didn't because the NFL draft was on. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't give a damn. You know, I wanted to see what, I mean, I you know, the NFL draft is one of my favorite things to watch all year. I even played draft day by Drake on literally the only day of the year. I will play draft day by Drake is on draft day. First round. I will play that all day in my ears. Just to hype myself up. I'm just, I'm just appalled. I just, I mean, you know, SmackDown maybe will return to its glory. Maybe will they have a better week, but man, are they in some dire straits just like Raw is because of the fact that they're under two, they're pretty much under two million and SmackDown is barely is a barely hanging on by a thread to keep it at two million. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I saved this particular article for last, and when I saw it, I laughed my ass off for quite a while. Seeing this when I was checking when I was um because I usually find these articles on Sunday. You know, get everything sorted out. Saturday's a chill day. Saturday's mostly a chill day. Um, maybe I'll watch some NXT. Maybe I'll just, you know, play some WWE 2K20. But for the most part, Saturday is a very chill-ass day. But our last article for this week's episode of News of the Weekend. From Mandatory.com. WrestleZone. Woman mistakes NWO t-shirt for Walmart's political push. For a one world government. I'm just going to say that one more again. Just in case you were. uh, You haven't stopped laughing as of yet. Woman mistakes. NWO t-shirt. For Walmart's political push for a one world government. God fucking damn it, people are stupid. Well, I wouldn't say stupid, I would just say ignorant. Coronavirus. Wait, who, let me see who this is uh, written from. This is from John Clark from yesterday. Coronavirus is causing a huge store throughout the world, and one Walmart shopper was outraged by what she saw at her local store. The woman took the Facebook to share a photo of an official WWE NWO shirt that is for sale and said, and I quote, 
global elites pushing for the NWO, which includes one world leader, one world religion, one world currency, and one world government. She's ended by saying it's time to show Walmart what we think and starts upholding small business. Of course, you can imagine the comments the post received due to it being public. Some comments from readers include NWO is wrestling and that's been around for years. And Walmart is selling a wrestling t-shirt far from an agenda platform for world domination. Now, I'm not going to say the lady's name because I'm sure she's getting more than enough heat on, on Facebook for being, you know, what's the, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, um, dang, I can't think of the word right now. What's the word? Uh, not, you know, hit to the job, I guess. Oh God, I'm dead. That was an old ass fucking quote. Not being uh, hip to what's going on in the, in the world of professional wrestling. We'll just go with that. Now, unfortunately, now as now the original post has been removed. But a screenshot of the photo and comments were saved. So, <laughs> yeah, um, just so you know, the internet never forgets, honey. And um, you will never, probably ever, live this one down. And I hope that if you have a significant other, he doesn't, I'm sure he probably found out about this and started laughing his ass off because I'm sure he knew about the NWO back in the day as well. Um <laughs> Now, yes, I know there has been this whole deal with the New World Order, you know, in politics, and there's, a, you know, the globalist elites, you know, and Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, um, and all this stuff, and, uh, but yeah, sometimes we have to find a little bit of funny in the world, <laughs> this is it, right, this is, this shit is it right here, y'all, I never thought I would see the day. That a person would like literally it has the W I'm looking at the picture right now. It literally has the WWE logo right on it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a Karen right here. Yes, I know what a Karen is. And if you don't know, Urban Dictionary will save your ass. Orange Capsity thumbs up style. I need a gif in there somewhere. But yeah, bruh, oh my god. <laughs> I saw this. I was just yeah. <laughs> Like it has the WWE like symbol on the back on like the where the uh, the tag usually is NWO for life new rule. Uh, it's like, damn, you know I get it, but damn, <laughs> I'm sure the it was the roasting of a lifetime for this lady. I'm sure she got supremely roasted, and it's by no fault of her own. I'm sure she's not a wrestling fan or. Knows what the New World Order was about. And if she did, my God, she was definitely missed out on one of the craziest, dopest uh, stables in the history of professional wrestling. With one, if, with one of, if not the greatest heel turn in the history of professional wrestling. Hulk Hogan, you are a god for that. But yeah, there's some people, there are some people out there who do not know what professional wrestling is. Nor do they give a shit or give a fuck about it at all. And that I understand. And I totally understand where she's coming from because I saw it. I'm just like, okay, I get it. You know, one world and all that stuff. But damn. I hope, I hope she, I hope now she understands what it was all about. I'm sure she was uh, educated very properly. And I hope most of the comments did not destroy her beyond belief. 
And it be like that sometimes, y'all. It really do. It really do be like that. Nothing we can do about that sometimes. But hopefully most of y'all didn't roast her to the high heavens. And uh, yeah, the internet is forever. And I know there were many screenshots. I saw it on Twitter. I'm surprised I didn't save it. Um, I know it, I, you could probably go on Ryan Satin's page. I think that's where I saw it. Uh, he, I think, quote tweeted it or some shit like that. And he has it on there. Um, so if you want to go find that, go on Ryan Satin's page and you can check that out. <laughs> but y'all, that is going to conclude today's episode of News of the Weekend for episode 197 of the YLP podcast. As y'all know, as always, we're going to kick off the work week in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 198 on the road to 200 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 197 of the YLP podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Just want to let y'all know that, yes, we are on the road to 200 episodes. That way, in episode 200, we'll be emanating this, I should say, next Monday night. Episode 200 will be dropping. Um, again, I'm going to let y'all guys know that if you think there's someone in our family that should be rocking with me for this 200 episode, if you want me to bring Kevin back for episode 200, I think we might have to do that because last time, uh, we had a little audio issues. There was a little bit of a storm that happened over on his end of the country, and they, it got a little bit of wonky, as you did tell, uh, by the last episode we had uh, prior to. So, um, yeah, I believe it was uh, back in a couple weeks, three weeks ago, actually, when we did the, the Good and Bad and the Other was WrestleMania 36. Um, I believe that's what we did. No, that was actually a couple weeks ago, so mine's looking too bad. But, um, yeah, so if you think you want to, want to, get, want to bring that, run that one back real quick, let me know. I think that I'm going to leave this guy you guys. Uh, and we'll go from there with that. But, as y'all do know, we do have a Patreon. I know most of y'all are new stuff, man. Um, Maybe you can't swing it, and that's understandable. But I do want to put it out there that you know, if you want to, you know, support the War Family a little bit more. Seventeen cents today, bringing you five dollars a month, get you exclusive access to shows you will not hear on regular wrestling Addict radio. Um, you know, exclusive articles uh, that we do find. Um, being involved in a group chat that is very exclusive, and I just, uh, I just saw some uh, stuff from earlier today. Conversation was pretty damn good. Um, and you get and you get instant exclusive access to the uh, to the new Patreon shows before anyone else does. Um, if, of course, you're a patron, you're a patron, and you rock with us in a more exclusive way. Again, five dollars a month, seventeen cents a day. Never expected, but always accepted. Um, if you can't swing it, please do join. Please do consider joining the, uh, the War Patreon and becoming the, the, the exclusive member of the War family. We do always appreciate it. Also, uh, if you want to check out our Teespring store, I do have my link in the bio. Uh, my Instagram, which I will uh, let you guys know about towards the end of this segment. Um, we got merch, we got the War Collection merch, t-shirts, tank tops. Uh, we're working on the leggings, ladies. Calm down, we are working on the leggings.
and she grab my hand. Get there in due time, all right? Coffee mugs, tote bags, beach towels. We got it all over there at teespring.com. Search for WrestleCutters Radio. And you can check that out for yourself and consider giving yourself some more merch. Definitely get those coffee mugs. Like coffee, like I do. She said the only thing she got to make for dinner is the reservation. Anyways, if you want to have any thoughts, opinions, ideas for shows, or if you just want to really just shoot the shit with me, sound off. Let your voice be heard. Leave us a voice message on anchor.fm slash Radio. You know, let me know if the show was bad. Let me know if the show was good. Give me some insight. Maybe an article that I did not touch on that maybe you would have wanted me to touch on for news of the weekend. You know, all criticisms and, you know, productive criticisms, constructive criticisms, all that good stuff. Um, you know, you ain't gonna hurt my feelings one bit with the constructive criticism, but you know, let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. Let me know what you're thinking about certain topics. Let me know, you know, how you're feeling. I mean, if you're not working at this moment or you got something else going on, you're listening to the show or any of our shows for that matter on the WrestleCast Radio family, talking about the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast and the Gift of Podcast. Definitely let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling about the shows. If you're feeling us, if you got a certain topic about it, if you're going to talk to me personally, put YLP in the uh, in the title of the voice message. And if I like it enough, I will have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions Perspective podcast, the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, your Gab. Your Facebook Messenger, even sending it in a text message saying, yo, dude, I listened to this guy, YLP. Sounds pretty cool. I like how he's breaking it down. Kind of funny. They talked about the NWO t-shirt thing. I think it was hilarious. I think you'll enjoy it too. Any way you can share it out there and spread the word about Wrestle Addict Radio and the YLP podcast is always, always, always accepted and always enjoyed and encouraged by yours truly. And I'm sure all the other members of the War family would definitely be behind that as well. Because in these quarantine times, with the YLP universe and the War Familia, we are not only the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, but we are the alternative for Professional Wrestling Podcast in that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever in terms of, um, you know having different streaming platforms to listen to the podcast and all that good stuff. But if you thought we were just just a one-dimensional squadron and we only had Anchor to put our podcast on, you are sadly mistaken, my friend. You can listen to the YLP podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and of course, the Gift of Podcast by my homie Mance. And I know I got he's got something cooking up very soon, and I'm definitely going to keep that under wraps. Even I don't know what he's got cooking up for uh, something he's got going on very, very soon. And I can't wait to hear what he's got to say about that because I know it is going to be an absolute banger. Um, you can find this podcast and all the other podcasts I did mention across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fan. Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and the Gift of Podcast. Across all these different platforms, you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. And speaking of the Game Changer Podcast, 
Nick did a thing. He did a great thing. He did a fantastic thing. May 2nd, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to make sure I get this right. So I'm going to go on my Twitter. And I can't even spell Twitter. This is this is what happens when you're just dumb like me and you can't spell Twitter correctly. So yeah, let me just make sure. I'm going to go on my on Nate's uh, Twitter real quick because I'm not watching anything in terms of um, and we're just going to do that real quick because I know I can find it there you go uh, let me see okay so May 2nd this Saturday night, or whatever day, whatever. This is this is from WrestleAdderRadio.com. Quote, breaking news. We are proud to announce that on the next episode of the Game Changer Podcast, host Real F at Real F in Game will have three wonderful legends of women's wrestling in SoCal Val, Molina, and and this is this is this was the one that I thought was centered all over the top. Lisa Marie. Veron, who you used to know back in the day as Victoria. Yes, that is going to be, I have no doubt, their biggest show of this year. I mean, this is, holy shit. This is going to be insane. Again, Lisa Marie Veron, Melina, and SoCal Val. How he did it, I don't know. But that ain't none of my business. But that's gonna be going. That is gonna be going down this Saturday. Game. The next episode of the Game Changer Podcast will be going down with those three, and that's gonna be an insane. Make sure y'all tune in for that one. And this is not an episode you do not want to miss. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you that. Um. So if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast, follow me over on my Twitter. At Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R capital W capital A capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights. SmackDown Live on Fridays, even though I've missed the last two because one, I was just dead tired, and two, I just didn't really give a shit about the episode, so it really didn't matter. Uh, but I will be live, as far as I know, I'll be live tweeting this uh, Friday night after uh, episode 199 of the podcast. Um, goes up and I'll try to make sure I get that in beforehand. Um yeah, and so I do that every WWE live pay-per-view, every AEW live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK takeover special. And of course once we get back into the swing of things with New Japan for wrestling, I do live tweet for New Japan for wrestling as well. In the event that it is 3 30 in the morning, I go to the bathroom and I can't go back to sleep because well it, my body's just fucking retarded. I also do that. And I done the, the last one I did was the New Beginning um, show. I live tweeted for that, which I thought was a fun fucking show. Um, when I went back and watched it, of course, I watched the two main event matches, uh, Naito and Kenta and Suzuki and Moxley, which was a absolute banger. Um, so as on the Twitter side, if you want to follow me over on my Instagram, where I do have the Teespring link still in my bio, that ain't going anywhere anytime soon. 
I can be followed over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective memes. Um, in case you missed it, you know, I put out, I make sure, you know, you know about the episode that just came, went out today. Um, you know, updates on what you're going to be expecting for Joe's and all that good stuff. And as of right now that I know of, unless I check it, change it in the next five minutes, I am over the thousand follower threshold. Holy fucking shit. Thank you guys so much for getting us to a thousand. Let's get it to 2000. We're now on the road to, two, we're on the road to 200 episodes. Let's be on the road to 2000 followers over on the Instagram side of things. And again, thank you so much for your love and support over on that. Now that probably could go back to 999 tomorrow. And I can be mad as shit, but it'd be like that sometimes. But yeah, I try to keep it engaging with y'all as much as possible. All that good stuff. And follow me on both of those platforms. Stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. So, Gonna look over to the judges to make sure, because I know the Korean judge will be looking at me funny. They're gonna be kind of weird. No, actually, no, that's the German motherfucker. He's got he's got that squint eyes because he think I fart. He probably farted. And we are good. So, guys, episode 198 will go down tomorrow night. It will be dropping tomorrow night. And of course, last week. This week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT and then get you primed and ready for to Wednesday nights episode of the black and gold standard that's pretty much all i got i know it was a little bit long a little bit longer than usually does for our closing segment but guys enjoy the rest of your evening enjoy your tuesday and i'll see you guys right back here for episode 198 of the y l p podcast see you